Welcome to the Life Giver Marriage Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope for your military or first responder marriage. This is your host, Corey Weathers, and I'm honored to share this journey with you. Close your eyes for a minute if you wanna see the world. Hey, this is Dr. Les Parrott, author with my wife, Leslie, of the book, Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. And can I just say thank you? Thank you for your service to all the military families that are listening. Can't say thanks enough. You're listening to Life Giver. Hi, this is Janine Boldrin from Chameleon Kids and Military Kids Life Magazine. I wanna give a shout out to all of the parents who are caring for military kids across the world. We know it takes a lot of hard work to be a parent in a military family, but what an amazing adventure it can be. Keep finding the bright side together with your military kid. So welcome to the Life Giver podcast. Um, This is Corey Weathers, and today we're going to talk about parenting when you have small children and how to put your marriage first. And this has been a big topic that's come up a lot lately. I don't know if it's just because I've been running into several parents of small children lately who seem exhausted, and I, I recognize that look. I've been there. And um, my husband and I have been talking to a lot of these couples lately and trying to give them a word of encouragement. And so I thought it would be a great time for the Life Giver podcast to do a series on parenting and how you keep your marriage first throughout parenting. And for those of you who have small children, toddlers, infants, um, some of you are stay-at-home moms, um, some of you are homeschooling those children, it just really is a tough season to put your marriage first and figure out how to navigate, especially if you're going through deployments or separations, where if you are the sole caregiver, you can sometimes become like the go-to person for this toddler and for these small children. And that can be really difficult when your spouse comes home and you're trying to transition and try to be parents again and try to have a marriage again. And yet here's this little person, this little monster that wants all the attention. And so um, I want us to talk about that today. Some of you have already given some great feedback already on my Facebook page when I threw this question out there yesterday, and there's some great feedback on how to put your marriage first. And so I think what I'll do is with this podcast on the show notes page, I'm going to list some of those great ideas that can expand this conversation even further on that page so that you can reference that. So a couple things before we get started. Number one, yesterday, this week actually has been a huge week in the Military Spouse of the Year world. And I want to say a huge congratulations to the top 18. That's three in each of the branches. And I know what that's like. Those of you who made the top 18, um, it can be a very scary, daunting, overwhelming experience to realize that you're in the top 18. What does that mean? What should I be doing right now? And I just first want to say congratulations to those of you who did make the top 18. And to those of you who did not, I've been thinking about you guys too. And just as a word of encouragement, because really that's my heart. That's what I love to do and why I do this podcast is just to encourage people And I was thinking about you guys this morning. I went to a change of command uh, about an hour ago and standing in line for the change of command, I met several, several military spouses and they were all so different and unique. And it just made me really appreciate all of the military spouses out there that work so hard, um, that are doing what they're doing and they're serving with their gifts and talents in a way that's unique to them. 
And that's what's great about these awards. It doesn't mean that somebody is lifted up and more important than anybody else in the world. It just means that we now have an award that recognizes military spouses for all the hard work that they do. And you get to have one person that represents that eventually, but really, I can tell you from experience that that experience of receiving that award reminded me just how much everybody needs to hear a thank you. And so even today, I met a male military spouse who I'm hoping to get on the show because he has a great, great story. Um, And he is not just serving his community, but he's serving his family with everything he's got in him. Um, I met somebody else who's been studying um, law enforcement families and how to take a lot of that research and plug it into military civilians and what they need for their marriages. And it just was awesome. It's just, we really have an awesome community. So I wanna say congratulations to everybody, but also a huge thank you to all of you who are investing into your homes and in your communities. And we all know at the end of the day, what matters most is when we put our head on our pillow and we appreciate the ones that are right there next to us. And that's what's most important. So. Um, And that's what today is about. It's about focusing on our marriage, regardless of everything else that wants to pull our attention away from it. I also want to remind you guys that um, the Life Giver app is available and it's free. And if you haven't downloaded that yet, you can listen to all the podcasts and all the videos that we're putting out. Um, This podcast will be on there later today and the video will as well. It's just a really easy, free way for you to have access to all of that. So that's about that. So um, let's talk about what it's like to parent um, small children and try to put your marriage first. So many of you out there are living what Matt and I like to call shoulder to shoulder with your spouse. And when you think about it, you know, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but when you think about it, our marriages can kind of go through these different seasons where you're kind of living shoulder to shoulder and it feels like you're really great teammates you're really great friends, and everything in life around you is asking you to um, work shoulder to shoulder as a team, parent those children shoulder to shoulder. Maybe um, you work together if you have common circles that you um, kind of run in together. So at the end of the day, you're talking about work and talking about those different circles, and it feels like your, your conversations are more business than um, a marriage conversation or maybe an intimate conversation. And so after a while in that season, any relationship, any marriage is going to start to feel like, wow, are we just roommates? Are we just best friends? Because I really like you um, and I like all of our conversations. But after a while, it just feels like, is this all that life is? What happened to that spark? And so we like to call that living shoulder to shoulder. And I want to encourage you guys, first and foremost, those of you who are living that season of life, especially with small children that feel like your marriage is shoulder to shoulder, I really want to encourage you that there are seasons in your marriage. And small children is a huge season of living shoulder to shoulder. The goal, of course, is that we find times to connect with our spouse where we're face to face right? So metaphorically speaking, we're living shoulder to shoulder, but we want to find ourselves kind of metaphorically and actually in reality, um, giving or making time for face-to-face connection. Of course, when things really are starting to go wrong, it can feel like we're living back to back. So if everybody's following that metaphor, um, it can feel like those are the three kind of areas of intimacy that we can find our marriage in, shoulder to shoulder, face-to-face, and back to back. So 
Um, but parenting is one of those seasons that you're going to find yourself living shoulder to shoulder. And I remember in one of our assignments, um, seeing a military spouse neighbor of mine who was a little bit ahead of me. Her kids were like maybe middle school years and she seemed like she had it all together. She seemed like, um, her and her marriage had this spark and, uh, um, really loved each other and um, their family was just very energetic and the kids were great and well behaved and and here I was with these toddlers that were like hanging off my legs and pulling at me all the time and and trying to get my attention all the time and I felt like a wreck and um, I know our marriage was not bad at all but it was definitely struggling because I had so much energy that I was pouring out to keep these little people alive and some of you out there, that's what it feels like. If you can just make sure that your kids are alive by the end of the day, you have succeeded. And I'm here to tell you that you, that is a success. So we're going to talk about what does it look like to make time for living face-to-face -face and how can we do that in a creative way. So be encouraged. It is a season. That season does end. When we were at Fort Jackson. It was the first time my husband and I could go down like two blocks away to the Starbucks and have a cup of coffee with our kids at home by themselves. It was the first time we could ever do that. And I think we were only gone for like 30 minutes the first time and we texted them the whole time and so but we realized we had turned a page we had like entered into this new season of parenting and so I'm here to tell you that the season does end and be encouraged on that your time will eventually come but that doesn't give you guys a lot of hope and help for right now so that's what we're going to talk about so um, here's the thing there have been seasons where we have lived somewhere and didn't have access to good babysitters like no matter how hard we looked it was just really difficult to find good babysitters sometimes have money to pay for babysitters um, a soldier told me today that babysitting is like $15 an hour which is, seems crazy to me and forget going to see a movie with your spouse if you're paying $15 an hour for a babysitter and so it can be really expensive and some of you might be saying you know it's not worth it to go on a date when you're spending $100 just to get out for two hours by the time you go see a movie or go get dinner and so what I want to encourage you guys to do is don't underestimate the power of a date in you know, I know it's not easy to put the kids down and sometimes they don't even stay in their beds, um, but arranging for some face-to-face -face connection while you're at home is sometimes all you can do and taking advantage of the season that you have so that you can invest in each other even if you're at home and even if you can't leave the house if you're not able to find a babysitter. Now, obviously, one of the best um, suggestions that I saw online that somebody had posted was definitely find somebody that you can trust that your kids feel safe with and that's the great thing about the military and first responder community is that you develop that trust very quickly but I know some of you guys struggle with that and I'll be honest there are some seasons that that person just isn't available and they're not easy to find and so if you're in that time of life right now where it's hard to find a babysitter then um, do your best to, to be creative and do a date in and have dinner at home wait have a late dinner where it's after the kids go to bed um the point is is are you physically sitting face to face with your spouse and are you doing your best to have conversation that isn't about work that isn't like just friendly conversation that we can honestly connect as a couple talking like a couple to each other and and obviously protecting that moment as much as possible okay here's the other big one don't underestimate the power of changing the time of day in which you're connecting with your spouse those of you who have small children at home 
you often wake up in the morning with more energy than you're going to bed. And some of you, um, when I posted this, some of you have said, you know, hey, by the end of the night, like my husband has come home from work and he's got all this energy. He's wanting to connect and I am exhausted. I've been touched and prodded and pulled on all day. And the last thing that I want to do is cozy up to my spouse and attempt to have any kind of face-to-face connection when you probably want to zone out in front of the TV. So I get that. I totally get it. So sometimes you have to be creative and rearrange your schedule and um, arrange those date ends or at least those face-to-face times when you have more energy. So maybe you do it before the kids wake up. I haven't been doing a good job of it lately, but um, there's a lot of mornings that if I know I'm not going to see Matt for the rest of the day, or we have a really crazy busy schedule, he gets up at five every morning um, and gives himself some time to wake up, you know, and leaves the house at six o'clock. So if I know I'm not going to really see him or it's going to be a crazy day, then I'll get up at five o'clock when the house is really quiet. And that gives us an entire hour together having a cup of coffee and talking about our day or talking about us and just having a chance to connect by the time you get to dinner time you'll realize that you have connected already and it's not like you're feeling like strangers or friends that are just kind of passing each other like ships in the night so make sure that you're prioritizing that and um, scheduling those date nights again if you don't have a babysitter do something creative that's at home or hey guess what have you seen the places like ikea that have the kids area the kids zone um sometimes it's just shopping where there's a place where there is kids kids time or you know there's a lot of chaplains in your installations that are doing events and family events where they're providing child care take advantage of those times if you have not registered your children on an installation and you are at an installation um, i have had nothing but good experiences with the cdc's or the cyss um, that have my kids have had a wonderful experience with them The last thing I'm going to say about this is the best advice that I ever got for my youngest son who was having a lot of separation anxiety, because we're going to get into that here in just a second. It was actually this really sweet older German woman that was at the CYS, and and she saw me having a hard time dropping Jack off, lots of separation anxiety. I want to say it was during a deployment too, so it just was a rough time. And she suggested that go based off of their age and whatever age that they are, then that's how many hours and how many days each week that that child can handle being away from you. So for example, if Jack was two at the time, that means I started off with dropping him off for childcare two days a week, two hours at a time. He could handle that at two years old once he was three. Um, And, you know, obviously, if some kids are really comfortable with it, you can go a little bit farther than that. Some of you are working moms or your kids are already in daycare and they're doing great. This message is more for those who are really struggling to drop their kids off and have good child care. And so obviously, when he was three, I felt really confident and okay with him being at the child care for three days a week, three hours at a time. That was enough time for me to get to the gym, go to the grocery store, and and come back and get him. But boy, did I come back a better person. And sometimes those turned into date mornings. Matt and I are huge fans of date mornings. So for example, tomorrow is a day off for him. And usually I would work on a Friday, but since it's his day off, it's going to be our date day. And so um, that will be a kind of, instead of doing at night, we'll have some time during the day to spend time together. So a much bigger topic that I think we need to talk about, and I have a feeling that there might be some comments that are going to start coming in for this one because this is a huge big deal, is um, being aware of parenting trumping your marriage. So what I mean by that is when you are especially a stay-at-home mom with small children, 
and you are solely responsible for these kids, we can find ourselves um, so invested in the kids that accidentally our kids become more important and our role as a mom or a parent becomes more important than our role in our marriage. And we're investing all of our energy and all of our behavior and our decisions around parenting. And then we kind of are foregoing and forgetting to invest in our marriage. It's almost like we're taking advantage of the fact that, okay, I'm married to this guy and he's going to stick around through the season. And so then we invest all of our attention, a lot of our guilt into, am I a good mom? So I'm going to invest all of this energy and this helicopter parenting into this child And then my marriage is going to be there when I come back. And so I really want us to talk about that for a minute um, and talk about how do we keep that from happening and how do you know if it's happening? So Pinterest, I always bring up Pinterest. I love Pinterest. But I realized, um, actually, this was, I I try to be vulnerable with you guys as far as um, moments of growth in my own life. And I remember throwing the most amazing Pinterest birthday party. And I mean that because I searched all over Pinterest and did all of the ideas that were available on Pinterest for a Harry Potter birthday party for my son when he turned nine. And I worked for weeks. I made like Harry Potter wands out of chopsticks that everybody was able to take their own wizard wand home. We had the most beautiful cake that was like all the colors of um, from Harry Potter world. I mean, it just was insane. I hadn't even read the books, but boy, you, you would have thought that I had after the Pinterest birthday party that I put on. And my husband said to me, I'm not in a mean way. This was really just a very loving conversation. He said, you know, I really would love for you to put that much effort into a date for us. And boy, did that hit me hard because I was exhausted at the end of that party. I had put so much energy into it. Boy, was my kid excited and happy and probably the best birthday he's ever had. But what I realized was I don't remember the last time that I put that much effort into a date with my husband. It wasn't that he was wanting me to put three weeks of work into a date um, and start getting all crafty. The point is, um, could I do the research and look for a place and look for a place for us to go and really plan an evening that put that much emphasis and energy into our marriage? And I think that we can find ourselves, whether it's out of guilt or trying to be the perfect parent um, or, or just because this is the person that we spend our entire day with all day long that we feel like we have to put all of that energy into parenting and it doesn't go to our marriage. And so I want us to be very um, careful of that. Um, So here's some things that you can do if you find yourself um, putting that energy into your parenting and not enough into your marriage. So first of all, set examples of boundaries with your kids. So it's fine if you're putting a lot of energy into keeping those kiddos alive during the day. But one of the things that we like to do is when my husband comes home, even if the kids are in the room watching a TV show or doing homework or whatever, um, as soon as Matt comes home, we just tell them, hey, mom and dad are going to have a check-in. And so you guys go to the playroom, go to your rooms, do whatever you're going to do. But we're going to get 20 to 30 minutes just to check in on each other's day before um, before we kind of bring you guys back in. And it just gives you a chance to set clear examples of boundaries with your kids. And when you have really small children, um, the way that you do this is you know, you get creative. It is okay for your kids to watch 20 to 30 minutes of a TV show. It is okay um, to give them a little bit of that screen time if you're totally not going to do that at all, uh, even if it's just their coloring off to the side or doing something off to the side. Now, are you going to get interrupted? 
especially with toddlers, yes. Totally understand that. The point is, is are you able to model good, healthy boundaries with them? So when they come up and they're interrupting you, that's when you say, you mommy and daddy are talking right now and I'll talk to you in just a minute. You know, or if it's an emergency, then let me know. But otherwise, this is mommy and daddy's time. So be a good example um, for your children of what it means to put that marriage first and give you guys the first opportunity to check in. Also, um, and this is one of the things that I'm working on, is you know, kiss your, your husband, your wife, hello, when you first walk in the door. I think that also is a good model for your kids to realize that this is somebody that you're greeting home, that you're excited to see them, that um, it isn't just, hey, how was your day? Right. But it was it's we're reaching out to them and we're showing them that we miss them while they were gone. And that's good for your kids to see as well. Um, delaying instant gratification with your kids is very powerful. Kind of goes back to the boundaries again. But it's just saying just because you want something right now doesn't mean that you're getting it. And so giving them those healthy distractions is really good for them. OK, communicate um, to your kids that your marriage is first. Communicate to your kids that, you know, um, your dad and I are going to go out on a date and that's really important because um, I come back a better mommy when I have time with daddy or just being able to say this is our time or you had your time all day today and this is mommy and daddy's time and then that makes me a better mommy and it makes daddy a better daddy and so using those words over and over and over again is really powerful. Okay, respect each other. When you're in public you know, with your spouse, it's really important to praise your spouse in public settings where other people can hear you. It's not only a great boundary tool for other adults that you're around to be able to say, I love my husband. I think he's the most amazing person in the world, or I'm a huge fan, aren't you? Those positive praise comments that we can say out loud in public are very powerful for our marriage. Your kids need to hear those too. And so when your kids are around, um, one of my favorite things is um, watching my husband do something really great with the kids and just saying to them while Matt's in the room, don't you just love your dad? He is an amazing dad, isn't he? Or isn't your dad so funny? I love the fact that he makes us laugh, right? And so communicating to them in, in public with your kids, you know, in the home, what I mean by in public, I mean like your kids are present, your husband's present, um, your husband gets praise, um, your kids hear that praise, and your kids get to see that coming from you, but also seeing your spouse's reaction to that is really important. Even more important is affirming that when it's just you and your kids, even if they're tiny, even if they're toddlers, don't you love daddy? Don't you think he's just the greatest daddy ever? Don't you think that, um, aren't we lucky to have dad around? Um, so you're honoring them and respecting them both in private with your kids and also in public. It's very powerful for them to be setting up within themselves as kids that even though mom, you know, I'm, I'm using kind of the, the generic stereotypes here, so I hope you'll forgive me if there's of you who are kind of flipped in this situation can just give me some grace. But um, it's very good for your kids to kind of, while you're with them all day long and they see you kind of as a sole parent, it's really good for them to understand that, hey, daddy may not be here right now, but he's just as much a key player in this because mommy brings him up. So, okay, so that brings up a question, right? Which is, um, well, what if your spouse and you have different parenting styles? What if, you know, your spouse comes home and you've been working really hard on this perfect structure and routine that you've worked so hard and it's starting to work with these kids, 
especially those young ones with nap times and meal times and discipline and timeouts. And you're kind of starting to get your battle rhythm going. And then your spouse comes home and he's doing the best that he can to go along with your strategy, but it's just not working so good. And he keeps either messing it up or you know what I'm talking about, different parenting styles. And I know that that's frustrating, but it is really important that you value the differences between you and your spouse. This is a really tough one, and I almost feel like we could almost camp on this one for the rest of the podcast because I think it's that important. It is hard to parent as a team and do that shoulder-to-shoulder teamwork if you have different parenting styles. I remember especially, it was it was especially obvious after deployment when the kids had only heard my voice for an entire year. Um, but even today, um, when my husband comes home, his reaction to things is going to be different from my reaction to things. And one of the things I remember that stood out to me very early on was, you know, <laughs> women, when we get mad, we just look crazy. Like, I, I want you guys to think about that if you haven't figured it out already. Um moms, when we get mad, like we start to lose our mind mad, we just come across crazy, like insane crazy. Like our kids are staring at us like, I have no clue what just happened mom. They don't seem to ever be scared. I don't think of moms that are mad. Um, But there's something different about dad with his lower deep voice when he commands this moment and he's upset and he's disciplining. There's just a difference between, I think, men and women and how we handle those kinds of situations. And I learned early on that my husband's voice commanded something different than my voice did. And early on, I felt myself on the inside go, oh, but that's so harsh. And maybe if you just toned it down a little bit, and maybe if you just exercise a little bit of love, and maybe if you just, you know, leverage a little bit of empathy and, you know, the kids, you know, they'll hear you better if you're just a little softer and a little bit more sensitive. And I think now that my kids are like middle school age, I look back and and I see it playing out still today. There's something really powerful when kids have two different parenting styles happening at once. Um, It's really healthy for them, I think. Um, It's good for them to see my side. It's good for them and valuable to them to see dad's side. And so I am going to encourage you guys that, you know, obviously if we're talking about anything that's abusive or any big issues like that, um, I'm not talking about the severity of that. I'm talking about just general differences in voice tone um, or if he comes across a little harsh compared to how what your style is. And all I'm asking you to do is to appreciate each other's differences, that those differences actually deliver a more well-balanced approach to your parenting and what your kids get is a more well-balanced approach than if they just had one side. It's healthy for them to get the soft, nurturing side of mom, and it's also really good for them to to have this, this stern or the harsh or just the louder voice or the more strict side of dad. It shapes them into what they can expect out in the world. And so sometimes you just kind of have to bite your tongue and just go, you know what, I'm going to trust this process and trust that... Um, the kids are going to get something out of this and it doesn't have to be my way all the time. So that's, I think that that is a huge thing for putting your marriage first. So um, I think that's a sign of respect um, as well. Here's the other big thing is that if you are trying to parent together and you are having these different 
feelings of parenting styles and you're kind of not sure which way to go. Um, one thing that's been really good for Matt and I, um, especially those of you who have a service member or a first responder who can easily get triggered by lots of noise or sensory overload or it's really crazy in the house and feels out of control, um, Matt and I learned how to tag team. And it kind of was a, a way to give each other a timeout if, um, especially him, but me too, if we were to find ourselves in um, sensory overload and I could tell and he, we could just kind of learn to look at each other and hand, handling a parent situation and realize when one, one person was getting especially frustrated. So we would tag team. And sometimes we'd actually say that out loud. We'd say, hey, tag team this. And so that would mean, hey, I see you. I see that you're really struggling and you're starting to get very frustrated right now. So let's tag team. And then um, the other person would kind of take over and give the other person a break to go calm down and think about it. And so that's definitely something for you to talk about ahead of time um, so that you're not starting into an argument in front of each other or in front of the kids. Um, but it can be a really useful, good tool for um, calling timeouts and tag teaming in parenting by calling those timeouts. So um, speaking of conflict, let's talk about how do you handle conflict in front of small children. So um, I know that probably the ideal is maybe that, you know, we never want to argue in front of kids. And I think that that can be unrealistic because there's life and people and we take things the wrong way and there's misunderstandings and that happens. So here's what I would say about if you find yourself in conflict around small children, if it is a simple misunderstanding, um, something that um, you might be able to get over quickly, I think it's okay for you guys to talk that out in front of the kids. I think it's really healthy. Um, a lot of great healthy research is out there that shows that kids need to see their parents resolve conflict. And so don't be afraid to kind of appropriately model um, not just listening to one another, but quickly apologizing, being quick to forgive each other. That's really healthy for your kids, even at a young age to watch. If you find yourself really escalating and this is getting out of control, um, call a timeout. And I can tell you really quick, the rules for a timeout is definitely timeouts are okay. Um, also, if you're going to call a timeout, things, you know, you know, when things escalate and you realize that we're talking in like two different languages and we're not hearing each other, um, call a timeout, but whoever calls a timeout has to call a time in. That's the deal. Okay, there are no forever timeouts. Um, when you just leave and you don't even say it's a timeout and you go slam a door or you walk out the front door, all that does is trigger abandonment in the other person. And that is never healthy, never productive. So if you're going to call a timeout, always, um, if things are going to, if you're going to call a timeout, make sure you are the one to call a time in. So for example, hey, things are out of control. Um, I'm really not feeling like I'm understanding you right now, or I'm getting heated. I need to go calm down. So let's call a timeout and then let's try again after we put the kids to bed and, and we'll, we'll call a time in then. So that's also really healthy with your kids going to your kids and saying, hey, I'm really frustrated. I can't tell you how many times as a parent I have said to my kids, I am so frustrated right now. I'm so angry right now. I don't even know how to handle this situation. So you're going to sit in your room. I'm going to go sit in my room. I'm going to call a timeout. And I'm going to come back when I know what to say or how we're going to handle the situation. So don't be afraid to hit a pause button, um, especially if um, you need to go talk as parents about the situation together. So I can't tell you how many times I have regretted that Matt and I have both regretted 
we should have called a timeout and gone and talked about the situation, then come back and dealt with the kids. Um, we wish we would have started that way early on. Once we started to implement that, we saw so much better of a successful way ahead and thinking clearly and the kids responded to it better as well because they see you as a team and they see you as both valuable. I think um, we'll wrap it up here. Um, one of the things that I, I just want to encourage you is number one, um, remember that parenting is is seasons. Your marriage is seasonal too. And there's going to be seasons where you're going to find yourself shoulder to shoulder. Um, you could have your kids actually um, grown and still find yourselves accidentally talking and moving around each other as shoulder to shoulder more than face to face. The important thing is, are you being intentional to schedule and make sure that there is face to face time? Um, schedule lunch together, schedule coffee together, schedule sex. Sometimes you're going to have to do that with small children. Um, so use the child care, use whatever you have to do and schedule that time. Um, just because it feels scripted doesn't mean that it's not valuable and good quality time. So this may be a season of life for you that feels very scripted. Um, but it is going to end. The season is going to change even though it feels like it's lasting forever. So be very mindful of that. Um, just as a review, make sure that you guys are also um, being very attentive to making sure that you are not putting your parenting above your marriage. Um, I'm all for co-sleeping. I understand a lot of people do the co-sleeping with small children. Um, I just, you know, I, I have a friend of mine that, um, does the co-sleeping thing, but she was a, she blogged one time how she found intimate face-to-face -face time with her husband, even though they did the co-sleeping with their kids. So the, the idea about that is whatever your philosophy is on parenting the small children, that you are making sure that you put just as much energy into your marriage as you are into your parenting. Um, you never want your parenting to get to a place where your husband walks through the door and you're going, hey, not yet. I need to attend to whatever the kid needs first or unless it's an emergency, right? Or husband is home and you guys are having dinner and all the tension is focused on just the child and what the child is doing and oh, isn't that cute? And we're not even like relating as adults. Making sure that some of, I'm going to be blunt here and maybe you can call me traditional on this. I am a huge fan Huge fan of early bedtimes, huge fan of our kids are middle school. Um, the second one is almost middle school and they still have a bedtime of eight o'clock. Um, the older one lights off at 830, but that means they're getting ready and getting their showers at 730 or so, sometimes seven o'clock and then reading in their rooms. And that guarantees that our dinner time is family time. We can all talk. But after that, we're getting ready for bed. We have family time that's very intentional. But at eight o'clock, that is my time. It's our marriage time. And we try to protect that as much as possible. So we've had a couple of really great comments um, Dino was saying that she had a morning date today, um, different parenting styles. Um, yeah, no, it is like the, one of the biggest topics that come into the counseling office is, you know, what do I do when my husband is more harsh than I am, or he's not doing the same timeouts that I am. And, you know, all I can say, and this is not like a really good clinical answer, but I just want to kind of restate it again is, um, be patient with the process. Um, let your child be and your spouse be responsible for their own relationship. Don't apologize for your spouse. Um, you should not be going to your child 
and saying, um, I'm so sorry that daddy made that mistake. That's never healthy for their relationship. If your child is coming to you, if they're old enough and coming to you saying, you know, let's say, let's just say a parent um, loses their temper and they know that and they've made that mistake regardless of whether or not they're owning up for it. Um, if your child is coming to you and saying, why is daddy so mean, let's say, um, I would always encourage you to let them own their relationship with that other with your spouse, with their with their parent, and saying, you know what, honey, I think you need to go talk with daddy about that. And just kind of redirect that and let them own that relationship. Um, always be willing to apologize to your kids if you do make a mistake. Um, that's extremely healthy for them to see that and say, you know what, I'm not perfect and I'm still learning how to be this parent. We tell our 12-year-old all the time, we've never parented a 12-year-old before. And we need his help sometimes. And sometimes we're going to make mistakes. And sometimes he's just going to have to live with those mistakes. And we're going to have to live with those mistakes. But we're all learning together. But that he needs to respect the decisions that we're trying to make. So don't ever um, take ownership or apologize for your spouse's stuff. Just do your best to encourage your spouse. Um, tell your kids to you know, encourage that relationship with, with their mom or their dad. Um, take ownership for your relationship, but making sure that you are praising your spouse in public and private with your kids so that they understand that even if one of us is messing up, like if I'm the one that's messing up, I wouldn't want my husband to be talking junk about me and, and sabotaging my relationship. If I'm the one that's messing up, I need to go and, and try to clean that up. I need his support. I need his support to be able to maybe say things to my son that says, you know, she she needs grace. She's human. She's, she's going to make mistakes. And we're all going to make mistakes. And that's how he's supporting my parenting. And we're presenting a united front. Um, but we're showing that we all love each other, that we're all human. We're going to have mistakes here. Um, we're going to parent in different ways. Um, I have gone to my kids and said, hey, I try to do this about three times a year. What can I do to be a better mom for you? That's a really tough question to ask your kids, especially if they're old enough to be honest. Um, and so encourage those conversations. Um, hopefully you're doing that with your spouse as well. What can I do to be a better wife to you? What can I do to be a better husband for you? Um, but encouraging that conversation with your kids so that you can say, Hey, I know I'm not perfect. I know you're, I know daddy's not perfect either. And so if you're, he's a really good man, he's a good man and we all make mistakes. So you should go talk to him about that, you know, and help them find the words. You just don't use the words on behalf of your husband and skip that whole process, if that makes sense. So, okay. So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast today. Um, share the app, share the podcast. You never know who might need it or who might need a word of encouragement. Thank you for all of your support out there. You guys have been amazing. Don't forget that you can um, call in and leave a shout out, an encouraging word to your spouse, to another friend of yours that's helped you through a really rough time. But you just call the number. I never answer that number. It just goes straight to voicemail and you leave a voicemail and just thank somebody that's really important to you that's helped you, your spouse. It's a great way to publicly praise your spouse. And then I use those at the beginning of the audio podcast as a way to just kind of give a really fun shout out that's very sweet. Thanks again, guys. I hope you have a great day. Talk to you soon. Would you like to send in a shout out and have it included on the Life Giver podcast? Anyone, civilian or military, can thank a military spouse who has made a difference in your life or say thank you to a service member for working hard on your marriage. 
Record your shout-out by using your voice memo app available on your device and email it to Corey at CoreyWeathers.com or call in and leave a voicemail shout-out to 706-431-7222 and we will do our best to include it in future podcasts.